Hey folks, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the MusicCast podcast. This week, uh, Maggie and Marissa got a chance to sit down and talk to Emily Desmond. Emily is has a really cool story in terms of how she came to be a music educator and goes on to explain how much farther she goes beyond just the traditional music education setting. Um, her degree and where she came from is a background of songwriting from Berkeley, and a lot of what she does, she loves this space of giving songwriting lessons or writing her own songs, giving lessons on the side, private lessons, smaller structure. But she also takes the time during the day to teach in a private school setting, most specifically to students with special needs and more specific um, accommodations that they might need to succeed in school. So it was a really nice opportunity to sit down and talk to someone who um, has gotten to music ed, but maybe not in the most traditional sense or the, the quote unquote standard way that we all get there. Um, and how she uses her unique where she came from and what she does on the side um, teaching lessons to inform her teaching within the classroom. So it's a great conversation. They got a chance to talk about a little bit of both classroom teaching and also what her profession and her career and future aspirations look like away from the classroom or beyond the classroom. So it was a really nice one to listen to. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did while I was going through and editing. Um, and we hope you enjoy this one as well. We'll catch you next Wednesday. And anything that you might hear about Emily, whether it be her original music or uh, want to get in contact with her on your own, we have all of the links to her information and her social medias. Um, they're plugged at the end of the episode, but they're also going to be linked on the F-flat website on the MusicCast page. So be sure to take a look if you would like. Um, and then we will catch you next week as well. Thanks very much for listening, and I hope everyone's doing well as we get towards the end of March. Well, welcome, Emily. We're so happy to have you. Um, do you want to start by just giving us a, a little rundown of what you do, where you teach, um, and, and what that's like for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I teach full-time at a private school in Waltham um, called Milestones. Um, I teach music, um, and the it's a very small school, but the whole population are kids with different special needs. Um, so a lot of them are on the autism spectrum, um, but some of them also um, have, you know, emotional disorders um, as well. So um, depression and um, sometimes bipolar and things like that. Um, so we are just a really sort of specialized school to cater to um, kids like that and create a therapeutic environment um, for kids who really can't function well in a, in a public school setting. Um, so it's a really interesting place. It's, uh, it's very cool, very chill. Um, I enjoy that a lot. Um, and then I also teach private music lessons on the side, um, mostly voice, but I do a little bit of guitar and sometimes songwriting as well. Um, I do still teach at Page Music Lessons um, in Boston but I only teach there once a week and I'm doing a lot of freelance stuff um, on, you know, the other days of the week. Um, me and my husband own a, not own, but we run our own um, music lessons called DW Music Lessons. Um, so we're just doing that too. It's really fun. 
Go ahead, Marissa. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm so curious now about the school. When we were chatting beforehand, you mentioned it was a private school, but we didn't go into details. So um, is working with students with special needs something that you wanted to do? Like, did you have your eye on the school or did you just kind of happen to end up in this job? It's actually interesting. I I did not want to teach in school uh, ever. That was, I specifically said that is the last thing I want to do. Um, so I just kind of stumbled into it. I actually have a brother on the autism spectrum. Um, so I grew up in that environment. It's very familiar to me. And I just came across this job. Actually, my husband did. And he sent it to me and he was like, you are perfect for this job. It's like music and special needs and it's a private school. And, um, I didn't actually need an MTEL to work there as well. Cause I, I'm called a specialist and not a teacher. Um, so I just, I needed a job and it kind of fell in my lap a little bit. Um, and it was perfect for me. I, I really enjoy it. So can you talk a little bit about um, what your typical classes would, would look like? And I don't know if you've never been in like a public school setting, you might not be able to compare and contrast, but like if you're able to highlight some adaptations you're making during classes and that sort of thing um, for your students, what, what does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I The only thing I know about the, the public school setting is I did study for the MTEL, so I, I know kind of what the curriculum is like, and I used the curriculum to, to make my own, um, but I am not uh, confined to that at all. They actually give me the freedom to teach whatever I want, um, as long as they approve it, um, which is really cool. Uh, as far as I know, I don't know if it's changed in public that it's mostly like European classical music that they teach, um, which is great, but I I find it really odd that we don't teach about the history of American music at all. (laughs) So I teach a lot of more modern uh, history of music, which is really fun for me. Um, So that is one adaptation I'm able to make um, in terms of history Um, with the music itself like playing music it's very very different um because of the kids needs um so we just keep it really simple um whereas i i don't know if they still do the recorder thing in public schools um they play different instruments and things um yeah that's that's very different at my school we don't really do stuff like that i feel like we've talked a lot in other episodes about how um you know, in public school, we teach about this kind of Western classical canon of music. Um, mm. And and we're just kind of recognizing that, like, it, it doesn't always serve our students. It doesn't serve the population that we have. Mm. Um, and so how to how to kind of open that up and, and teach more to what the students are listening to or find what they're interested in. And I don't know, just kind of use that a little bit more to help, like, teach music that's more relevant to them, I guess. So yeah, that's something that like we've recognized too as public school teachers. So definitely. Um, And yeah, I think it's really, it's important to recognize what they're interested in. And I don't think the public curriculum always allows that. Like I I agree with what you're saying. Um, I'm able to talk about like video game scoring and stuff, um, which they really like, you know, yeah, it's really cool. Do you do a lot of music therapy kind of woven in with the music education or like, do you, do you view yourself as more of a music therapist or a music 
educator? Definitely more of an educator. Um, I'm not licensed as a music therapist by any means, um, or a teacher <laughs> for any means. Um, but I, I don't do a lot of the therapeutic stuff. I think music in it, in and of itself is therapeutic. You know, we take music breaks and things. Um, so I do that side of it, but I, I don't do a lot of the, the same methods that a, a music therapist would use. So I think I fall more as an educator. Yeah. Um, and then what I'm curious to know in terms of singing instruments, that sort of thing. Um, if you're, if you have this more modern spin, what, what does your classroom look like? Like what kind of activities are you doing to serve the needs of the students? Mm. Um, our classroom is very cool. We have some guitars that were donated. Um, we have a few acoustic guitars and electric guitars, and we also have some electric bass. Um, I have a bunch of keyboards that they're able to use, and um, the stuff that I do with them is a bit, it's a bit more fun. It's not so much that I'm trying to teach them how to play an instrument, because um, I really don't, a lot of them don't have the attention span for that. Um, so I'll usually, like, the classes are also very, very small. Um, some classes only have four kids in them. Um, so if I have a small class, four or five kids, I usually will make them into a band and I'll give them each. Sure. We have a drum kit too. So one kid's on the drums and then one kid's on the piano and I'll, I'll just give them something to play, um, so that they're all together and we practice rhythm that way. And then they, they feel like they're a band and <laughs> it's, it's pretty cute. That's awesome. So I'm curious to know, um, like the more I'm listening to you talk, I'm curious to know what your goal is as a music teacher in this setting, because I feel like your goals and what you're trying to get the students to do in this case might be very different from a lot of public schools, which are, let's put on a performance for mom and dad and it has to be prim proper and polished, um, which is debatable in and of itself. But what, right. what is the end goal for you and your students? So I, am really kind of set on creating an environment in my classroom where people can use music as a therapeutic approach, um, even though I am not licensed. Um, that's kind of, I just want to help them grow in appreciation for music and kind of show them how they can use it in different ways and, you know, how many different areas of life involve music. Um, and that is really is is really it. I don't have to put on any shows. We do have a show once a year that's kind of a big deal, but even that I I sort of structure it as students using that space to express themselves and to perform whatever it is they want to perform. It doesn't matter if they're good or you know, good <laughs> or anything. Um do you see um this might be a, a stupid question, but what, what benefits do you see within the students from interacting with music, right? Because if you're working with this wide variety of students with special needs, they might react to things differently, even, you know, obviously from one another, but very different from the public school. I know a lot of kids don't even like music in the public school because, you know, they have to do X, Y, and Z. Do you see, um, you know, 
obviously benefits or changes in their behavior or anything like that when when you're working with them or is it just part of their routine or I think it's a lot of it is part of their routine there are definitely kids that do not like music and um, they tell me very openly that they don't think there's a point to music and all that stuff Um, but I think a lot of them do really benefit from the way that we teach music. Um, and they have learned a lot about, you know, music appreciation and music history and all those things. And it's, I think they, they enjoy it the way that it, that we do it. Um, there's really no pressure at all. There's no, uh, tests. There's no, I barely even grade in my class. I just, give everybody a participation grade. Um, so it's like a pass fail. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's, there's the only expectation is that they're, they're there and they're trying and, and that's it. You know, they don't have to sure. play music if they don't want to. And I think that works in their favor. Okay. What's yeah. your measure of success for them? You know, it's not a, it's not a performance. It's not, um, you know, grades in the same way, which I think is wonderful. Um, but you clearly have ideas about what you want them to be doing and what you want music to do for them. So I'm wondering what, how you know that it's successful, that you're teaching successfully and that they're being successful in music. Mm -hmm. So most of my classes, especially now with, with COVID are structured as, as a discussion. Um, so we have a conversation and I tell them, you know, you have to respond at some point if you want to pass. If you want to get a participa- participation grade, you have to ask a question or you have to, I, you know, I'll, I'll pose a question and, and they should respond. And that's really how I kind of gauge their understanding of what we're talking about. And it's it's really interesting to hear their input a lot of the time in the discussion. They pick up on things that Sometimes I don't pick up on, um, and they make connections to things that I wouldn't have thought of. Um, so it's really just whether or not they're engaged in the conversation for me. Mm-hmm. I often find that I learn more from the students maybe than they're learning from me, and yes. to hear what they pick up on is just so beautiful, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, Definitely. So I'm curious to um, switch away from your school setting a little bit and talk about your career as a performer and a private lesson teacher. Um, Of course, that's how we got in contact with you. Um, What's the goal of of your work? Are you doing what you've always wanted to do or are you still trying to do other things? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, I I did go to, to Berkeley um, I actually studied songwriting at Berkeley, and I always wanted to be a performing artist, um, which I still do. I I don't think that's really changed. Um, I Like I mentioned, I did not want to teach. I think I was surprised to find how much I loved teaching, um, just because I was, I just didn't, I didn't want to do it. I, I said, like, I don't, I don't want to teach. Um, and then after graduating, it was um, mostly just like student student loans. You know, I had I had bills that I had to pay, and I was like, oh god, like 
being a performer doesn't pay well. <laughs> I'm sure that's not surprising. Um, and I had gigs all the time, uh, but it just wasn't enough. So that's how I got into teaching. And then I was like, wow, I, I love this. This is really fun. Um, especially teaching adults too. Um, like I, I love my lessons with David. He, he is so thoughtful and he asks like such good questions. And I, like you said, I learned so much from my students and I just loved it. So I'm going to keep teaching. I think I will probably teach privately for a, a long time. Um, I eventually will transition out of my job in a school just because I am not made for the, uh, you know, wake up at the same time every day and, and work till three kind of life. Um, that's just not my personality as much as I love um, teaching. So I think I'll eventually tra transition out of that and I'll keep performing and I'll probably have that be my main focus. Um, COVID really threw that off too. So we're sure. playing catch up a bit, but yeah. Do you have um, albums or content that like if our listeners want to go check out your work, where, where would we point them? Yes, I do. Um, I am on YouTube. If you search Emily Desmond on YouTube, I'll probably come up. Um, I do have some original content on there. Um, my, I have one EP that I put out in 2016 that's available on Bandcamp. Um, and actually all that stuff is on my website. So if you just go to emilydesmond.com, that's the best place to find all the things <laughs> okay. in one spot. All right. Um, yeah, I've, I've listened to some of your music and it, your voice is so beautiful. Do you, you. do a lot of, um, you mentioned songwriting earlier. Do you do a lot of songwriting or do you mostly um, sing other people's music? Um, I do a lot of songwriting. I sing all my own stuff. Um, and I actually do, I have a lot of side projects. I do custom songs on the side, which is really fun too. Um, I've been doing that since I graduated as well, where I will write people, like they'll say like uh, my significant other's having a birthday and I want to give them a song as a gift and I'll write them a birthday song. Um, oh my God, I love that so much. It's so cool, right? Like I feel like I, I wish more people knew about this. I feel like people don't think of that as a gift. Um, I feel like we have like custom artwork, you know, like custom, yeah. like, like paint a portrait of, I don't, I don't know, like a pet portrait or something is like yeah. what my family's obsessed with. But like, <laughs> I don't know, we don't have, <laughs> we don't have like music, custom made music in the same way. So that's so cool. It's, it's really cool. Um, so I do that, but I also do like businesses. I'll do like jingles and stuff like that. I just did like a theme song for a YouTube channel uh, a couple weeks oh, ago. Cool. Which do you is want to really do a cool. theme song for this podcast? <laughs> I would oh my God. love that. I would Emily, love it. Emily, can you do that? That would be amazing. Yes, I can do that. We cannot <laughs> pay oh you. We do not. <laughs> you don't have to pay me. <laughs> <laughs> I just love songwriting, so I will do that. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing, actually. <laughs> Based on today's episode, Emily's jingle for us is going to be like, there's a lag. It was weird. <laughs> we got it figured out. It's fine. <laughs> I can make that work. <laughs> um i'm curious though knowing i'm curious about a lot this morning i don't know why i keep starting my senses that way kevin's gonna leave <laughs> this in the podcast just because he likes making fun of me okay <laughs> anyway um 
the professional world of music where you're songwriting, you're doing jingles, that sort of stuff. Um, I would imagine, and tell me if I'm wrong, that you were at least a part of a public school or school music program at some point. Were you in a choir or a band or anything like that in school? Oh, gosh. So I was. You'd think that I – everybody always thinks that I was in uh, musical theater, and I wasn't. And it, in, I went to public high school. My high school had, like, 4,000 kids in it. It was huge. Um, and Are I you tried from the Boston and, area? Yeah, I'm from Lowell. Okay, okay. So I went to Lowell High. Um, and they, they do have a great music program at Lowell High that I was involved in. They, they, you can take, like, piano classes and guitar classes and stuff. Um, so I did all that. And the choir director talked me into doing show choir for one year, and I, I hated it. I, I did the whole year because I just I felt bad the quitting. Like, I didn't want to quit in the middle of the year. And I just I, I felt like the vibe was off. <laughs> like the kids were like, in the choir. They just weren't very nice. And Okay, so like, <sighs> that's my – that's actually a good transition because I went from jingled back to public school. So I'm going to pull it together now. Do you feel like public schools are serving students like you um, and for what you would – want to do with your life because I, I know like growing up I could do band orchestra choir and like that was it there was no songwriting there was none of that um so as someone who is now doing that are they are they serving students properly and if not what's needed I I don't think so from my experience you know I went to high school 10 years ago but it, from my experience I there was no program for me the, for the things that I was interested in which was songwriting and performing you know with a guitar um like I said they had guitar classes but that's that's the extent of that there wasn't I yeah I I didn't think they had anything for me really um and I think they could go ahead as someone who's in the business what what is needed then in public schools in order to serve the needs of more students is it um, like a music business class? Because like, if someone were to be like, um, I need a jingle, where do I turn? Like, I don't even know like where to point them. And I'm part of the music industry. Like I, I don't even know how that, that works. So what, what's needed? I think what I would love to see aside from just, you know, additional programs where maybe a songwriting class or, you know, specific things. I would love to see a class on just the different jobs that you could have in the music industry. Because I think people don't realize how vast it is. Um, You know, you can work in the music industry and not play an instrument or not know how to sing, you know? Um, Sure. So I I think it's, it's so vast that you can't really cover all of it. I, I think that's what college is for if you wanted to do music professionally, but to maybe have some sort of intro into the different things that you can do if, in, in music. Like you don't have to just, you know, become a music teacher. Not that that's a bad thing, but I think a lot of people, they don't know what to do. So they're like, oh, I think I'm just going to go teach music. Uh, but there's, there's a lot to do. <laughs> We've said before that like, the music teachers that are in public school have gone through the system and the system served them. And so they continue to do it that way because it worked for them. Mm. And I think 
it's just really important to have voices like yours in the mix because it, it didn't really serve you. You know, you're an incredible musician, an incredible performer, songwriter, and yet the public school music program didn't work for you and there wasn't really a place for you in it. Um, and I feel like we have, you know, we have this like smattering of other classes, like a guitar class or a, I don't know, music technology class or whatever, but it's sort of like to fill in the gaps of teachers' schedules or like, well, there's this like group of kids that need an elective. So can you think of something to put in the schedule? Um, but we're not really looking at, at what's out there and what students need mm. to, to know and to be a part of. And I think it's, I don't know, important to learn like what, what is helpful for high school students, especially, and how can we, how can we fill in those gaps in a healthier way? Definitely. And I think it's kind of important to note as well that, you know, I came from a place of, of privilege as well. Like my parents did have the money to give me lessons like out, outside of school. And a lot of kids don't have that. Like they don't get guitar lessons, even though they're interested in guitar. And sometimes public school is the, the only way to get that for a lot of kids. And I, I think especially at a place like Lowell High, it's a low income school. Um, like that's the only exposure they're going to have to something like that. And even in the school setting, you can sign up for lessons, but you still have to rent an instrument. And oftentimes you can, you can only kind of move your way up in the orchestra program if you have lessons outside of school or whatever. So it's still, even to be a part of it in the public school, you still have to have some kind of privilege or money to be able to, I don't know, to get that outside help. Like we're, we're still not really serving our students completely in the public school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So just kind of as we keep an eye on time, um, this is kind of the opportunity for you to plug your work. And um, so the, the question is, your website you mentioned earlier, we'll link that up. Um, are there any other places people can go to find you, your work? Um, yeah, anything like that. Definitely. Yeah, so I have yeah, the website you mentioned, emilydesmond.com. Um, for people to take lessons with me, um, I send them to dwmusiclessons.com. Um, so that's my other site that I, that I have um, to sign up for lessons. Um, I think YouTube is probably the best place to find me. I mean, I'm on Instagram at Emily Desmond Music um, and TikTok and all those fun things. Um, so if anybody wanted to follow me there, join in. Let me go follow you right now. And then Yay! when the episode comes out, we will tag you 43,000 times and you'll get annoyed at it. But like, it'll be good. I love it. <laughs> can't wait um, i'll tag each other just be tagging yeah i'll tag you back <laughs> yeah awesome maggie do you have any last words um i don't think so thanks so much for for coming in and i don't know just being part of it it was so nice to it was so nice to finally meet you for for listeners i got connected to um emily my husband takes um music lessons with her and so he he talks so highly of you and so I was like we have to interview her for the podcast I just want to chat with her so um so that's how we got connected and yeah I've heard so many good things about you it's just been nice to chat with you and to meet you same yes so nice to meet you and thank you so much for for asking me to come on this is so cool I was telling (laughs) David like weeks before like I've never been on a podcast like I should do that (laughs) it's literally just a zoom call (laughs) 
you've it's done. It's great. <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness. Okay. But yeah, thank you so much. And thank you for taking time on a Sunday morning of all times. And um, I always love talking about music and music education with people who aren't trained music educators because it's such a different insight and I think it's a really important insight as well so thank you so much thank you